Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Recruiting is somewhat passive. Putting the word out to you know, the, the, the professionals in our markets, um, you know, this is what we offer. These are the people that, that, that are joining us. Uh, if you're curious, ask. Um, because we're, we're really picky about who we work with. We're a v- very much a good human beings first, good practitioner second kind of organization. Spokane's a great example of the average market. If you look at the, the top 100 agents in Spokane that aren't with us, there's maybe 25 that we would consider um, because we want a certain kind of person. Yeah, you can help people achieve the success that they want if that's truly what's important to them. But how you treat people matters. How you interact with other other professionals, your ethics, those things all matter. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Before we begin, here's a word from our sponsor. Some things just go together perfectly. PB&J, chocolate, and well, anything, and real estate agents and independent mortgage brokers. As a real estate agent, you help your home buyers find the perfect home And as your local partner, a mortgage broker can help you also deliver faster closings, lower wholesale rates, and lower monthly payments. So find your perfect partner now at findamortgagebroker.com. Powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 3308. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome two of our 2022 Real Trends Game Changers, J.W. Webb, Founder and CEO, and John Anderson, President of Professional Realty Services International in Spokane, Washington. Their brokerage grew 217% over the past five years by transaction side percentage based on Realtrends 500 data. We'll dig into his business model, how he grew the brokerage, and what the future holds for the firm. So welcome, JW and John. Thank you so much for having us, Tracy. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for getting on the podcast and congratulations about um, being a game changer. We only have 17 of them, so it's um, a pretty big deal. Thank you. So um, we'll start with you, JW. I want to talk a little bit about your business model. We we kind of went back and forth in email about it. And on your website, you mentioned you have fair compensation package structure compared to the disproportionate commission splits charged by most brokerages. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about how you structured the brokerage and, and why you felt like that was the model you wanted to go with? It's funny because cost is actually the very last thing that we talk about with prospective partners, because we don't, we don't really consider that to be our, our compensation structure to be a business model. Um, you know, when, when I first got licensed, I in, interviewed with a couple of the large brokerages that my company had done a lot of business with that I felt had really good at, uh, reputations um, and liked what I saw, but I just didn't feel like the value that they were offering was worth anywhere near the amount that they were going to be charging me. Um, I mean, you get thinking like trying to build any business while giving up, you know, 30% or, or more of your gross income 
would be extremely difficult, if not near impossible for most people. You know, what, what we charge, it's not only, not only because I think it's fair, but more importantly, it's because it puts the power back in the hands of the, the individual real estate professional. I mean, it, it, it gives our, our agent partners the ability to reinvest in their businesses, to invest in their education, to hire an assistant or open their own offices, you know, which is something that we help them do. You know, for us, it isn't really an employee-employer relationship. If anything, it's a partnership, um, which is actually why we call it the, the real estate professionals in our organization partners, because uh, it's a completely different mindset than anything. So uh, tell me, how many offices, how many agents do you have? And, and uh, what areas are you in other than Spokane? Um, so we are in just shy of 160 markets overall, a um, little, little over 1,200 agent partners, uh, 54 offices total in uh, Washington, Idaho, Oregon, California, Colorado, and uh, as of just recently, Arizona. Okay. And what year did you found the brokerage in? Um, we were originally founded in 2005. Uh, the first seven years was pretty much just me, and it was always... A way of working that I wanted because I knew I wasn't the only one that, that, that wanted this. Um, but almost everything for us, growth-wise, is since 2014. Okay, great. And um, you know, I know that I interview a lot of brokers, and I interview the, you know that obviously in the Real Trends 500, your um, you know business model, which is you know a flat fee or or a transaction fee. There's a lot of different names for it. Um, model there, you know, it's exploding up the rankings with growth. Um, and it's amazing. I think we had 10, if you include Remax, which is kind of on the bubble of that, but it, it could be considered the same. Um, we had 10 of the top 25 brokerages for your business model. And mm-hmm. I know that um, the big question I get asked from traditional brokerages is, how do they do it? How are they making any money? How are they, um, you know, basically... Um, being able to provide all the services they do, because in the past, the idea was that, oh, they play, play um, agents pay a flat fee, but they don't get any services. And that's why it's, it's you know, and that's totally changed. So let's talk about the growth that you've had over the past five years. Um, did you have any mergers, acquisitions, or has it been, I know you your model kind of um, is based on volume so of agents. So is most of it organic growth? Most of it is. Um, we, we haven't had any true mergers or acquisitions. Um, we, we have had several broker owners become a part of our company because of the way that we do business and the way that we serve aligned with the, the way that they wanted to do business. Um, but the best, the vast majority of our growth is organic. Um, last year was, was really interesting because we actually put pulled back just to, just a little bit on our recruiting because, you know, everybody was having issues hiring people. Um, and we did as well. And I didn't want what we did for our partners to suffer. So we pulled back for about nine months. Um, and the first two quarters were, Pretty surprising. Um, January was almost ninety percent referral from our existing partners. First quarter, second quarter was ninety-one percent. On average, we're usually between fifty and fifty-five percent. So that was a really big shift. Um, so we grew as much as we would have with our recruiting efforts, um, even though we hadn't. So I'm glad we pulled back because I just don't want things to suffer. It's got to be good. 
Yeah. I mean, you can grow too fast. That's, um, you know, I, I interviewed a broker recently who said, he, you know, he had to learn the hard way that he was growing too fast and, and um, it was causing a lot of problems. And John, do you want to talk a little bit about the recruiting, you know, how you do your recruiting or, um, you know, do you have a recruiter? Obviously you get a ton of agent referrals, um, but do you have a specific recruiting team in place or, you know, who does it? So it's it, it's interesting that you asked me because that's actually part of what JW does. We uh-huh. have a pretty complimentary JW um, also refers to himself as the chief vision officer, and it's his vision, and and he spends a lot of time on on growth, training, education. We'll get into Ninja and all the other things we're doing. And I don't want to make it sound like it's boring because it certainly isn't. I deal with the day-to-day running of the business. Uh, and it's certainly not boring by any stretch. But yeah, but, um, so I'll, I'll let JW talk about the recruiting part. Okay. I just wanted to give you a chance to talk rather than uh, have uh, you uh, <laughs> silent throughout the podcast. So you just uh, jump I'm, in. I'm not when... shy. <laughs> no, he's not shy. All right. Not shy. <laughs> All right. The chief vision officer. Tell me about your recruiting. <laughs> Um, so Britain, for the most part, our, for lack of a better word, our recruiting is, is somewhat passive. It's, mm-hmm. it's just get, getting, getting the, the word out to, you know, the, the, the professionals in our markets. Um, you know, this is what we offer. These are the people that, that, that are joining us. Uh, if you're curious, ask, um, because we're, we're really picky about who we work with. Um, we're a v- very much a good human beings, first good practitioner, second kind of organization. Um, Spokane's a great example of the average market. If you look at the the top 100 agents in Spokane that aren't with us, there's maybe 25 that we would consider um, because we want a certain kind of person. Um, you know, you can help people achieve the success that they want if that's truly what's important to them. But how you treat people, treat people matters. How you interact with other, other professionals, your ethics, those things all matter. And that has to come from that person. Um, so we, we do rely more on the referrals from our agent partners because they're going to refer people who are like-minded. They know we're picky. They've been through our vetting process. They know we called the, the last, last five agents that they had cross sales with. They know that we asked all of our local partners confidentially, of course, you know, what do you think of this person? Give us your comments by five o'clock tomorrow, uh, good or bad, um, or we're going to accept their contract. And so everybody has a say in, in, in who joins us. And it's one of the biggest things that protects our culture. So what do you, what do you consider to be your, your ideal agent? Production-wise? Uh, production or culture-wise? Culture-wise, I, I, I look at that more, more importantly than anything. I mean, obviously, we need to make money to be able to do what we do. But the people that we do it with is equally as important, if not more. Um, I mean, our... Typical partner is probably 10 to 25 transactions a year. Um, if, if, if they have drive, but they need help, it could obviously be, be less than that, but they have to be coachable. The way that their clients talk about them, the way that their the professionals that they have cross sales with talk about them really says a lot about what it's going to be like, like for us to work with them. Our culture is extremely important to us. It's not just important. It's the most important thing. Um, without it, we're just a, just a real estate company. Uh, it's, it's one of the big, biggest reasons I'll never franchise because we would lose what we have in, in 
probably six months. It's just not worth it to me. Yeah. And culture is so important. And, and um, that kind of leads into the ninja training because um, Larry Kendall does a fabulous job with that. He's going to be at the gathering of Eagles this year in Colorado Springs doing um, not only our keynote, but he has a special workshop that he's doing too. And I'm very familiar with the, uh, the ninja program. So what brought you to Larry and the ninja program and, and talk to me about um, how you're implementing that and what kind of a difference it's made in the company. That is a big one. <laughs> um, Can I just preface this for a second? Yeah. JW has been a ninja for a very long time and didn't know it. <laughs> He's a giver. And, and, and everything you heard about the culture, I mean, it took me my first year to, to really go, wow, this keeps really for real. This is a real deal. So he's he's been a giver for a long time. He just hadn't found the right platform. And that's what happened when he found Ninja. That's what changed it for us. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's funny because um, one of my friends who had been, been with a previous brokerage for quite a while, um, when he joined us, he'd been with them, I believe, 18 years. Um, his first three years with us, he just hounded me. It's like, you got to check it out. It's different. I promise you. It's like, I know, but I've been a part of almost everything, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and found, found great, great things in, in all of them, but nothing that was a step-by-step blueprint that we could hand to any of our partners regardless of their experience level or however you want to look at that and actually find success and when i when i finally went it was because of a comment that that mike had made um his previous broker had come to him at at the tail end of the great recession and asked him what his his group was doing because the average in the office at that time if i remember right was was it three transactions a year over that four years and his group was averaging 19. That got my attention. Uh, went down, met Larry, spent four, four days down there, and it was everything that I had been looking for for the last 25 years. It fit. It, it, it checked all the boxes for me. It was exactly who we are as, as an organization, but brought in the way that we want to be with the processes that actually make it work. And it was just phenomenal. Um, since then, let's see, I took uh, seven of our partners to South Carolina for a ninja installation. At the time, it was the only open installation in the country because of COVID. Um, there were eight tickets left. I bought all eight and just put it out. There's like, okay, who wants to go and why? And just got <laughs> just got flooded um, with <laughs> some pretty amazing stories why they wanted to go. So I've been... Uh... I took my, I was in my first installation in 2014 and we have one of our branch managers that was actually did Ninja before Ninja. Um, and, and the gentleman that JW's talking about, Mike Meyer, he actually started down that path in 2005. So it was actually pre Ninja. I think Mike spent, I don't know, to seven or eight or nine installations. We're having our third, the end of this month, in uh, San Diego, Carlsbad. So it's been, um, well, it's a proven path. And we all know that. As they say, this stuff works. Yep, absolutely. Definitely. And now, do you offer any um, ancillary or core services um, at your brokerage? 
I'll, I'll rub with that one a little bit um, since I'm involved in a lot of them. Uh, well, um, to go along the Ninja path, we are a full user of all the MoxieWorks platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we all know that was founded around the whole Ninja concept. And then we have a number of uh, enterprise relationships with like Real Scout and Lolo because they all one fulfill the ninja path and are fully integrated with moxie so it makes it easier for our partners when they you know there's no double entry and all that and they come in all the campaigns out of that so besides ninja moxie then all that when we take a look at what's available in the marketplace today we we feel very confident that we're giving them some of the best tools that they could possibly have to be successful Okay, great. And what about title, mortgage, um, insurance? Have, have you gone that path or are you considering that path? Uh, we do, we have. So uh, we, we do have, have our own escrow company. Um, we, okay. do, we, we do business in Washington, Idaho, and Oregon. Uh, we're partnered with one mortgage company that, quite honestly, the, the, the owners went to one of my best friends because of the way that they do business. Um, I met him, well, it's been quite, quite a few years now, uh, but I had, I had to meet this guy because he was doing everything the right way. And I've, n- I've never done, done, with it, with, done business with another broker like that. Um, insurance, I think is still really important. Haven't found the right insurance broker to partner with yet, um, but I don't wanna build the, the business on the backs of the people that we're serving. I wanna do it, do it on, on the, the services we, that we provide. Um, because the, the the more revenue that's generated from those services, the more we can do for them. And I think it just works better for everybody. Okay. And what are some of the services other than, um, you know, the MoxieWorks and the Ninja? Um, do you offer your agents and do you offer them through like a centralized um, type of offering or? You want to talk about that, John? Trying to understand the question, actually. <laughs> oh, so um, I guess marketing services, uh, you know, a lot of times brokers will centralize those services within one hub and and offer them to all of their agents. Um, so whether it's marketing, concierge services, um, moving services, anything um, like that or other agent services. Thank you for now for letting me know because I did leave out one of our major services and that's Zavi. Okay. And we we have, so it's called PRS Select, but we are also part of the Zavi platform, which all yet coincides and rolls it through Moxie. So um, uh, we do, well, JW does most of the, actually does most of the marketing. Okay. And um, prior to his becoming into the real estate market, was also at a mortgage brokerage business. So and our mortgage broker happens to be in the same building as we're in. Do you have like a JV or is it just a um, like a marketing? Not right now. Um, okay. the, the biggest thing right now is make, for us is making sure that our partners are getting the absolute best mm-hmm. from their clients. Um, and we haven't found it in any of our markets like we get it from them. Um, okay. I'm, I'm sure something, something will, will come up that down the road. Um, it's not the priority right now though. Right now the, the, the service and the product is being delivered is okay. just so superior. We won't go anywhere else. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and so 
one of the questions I love to ask is kind of what is your aha moment? You know, what was that moment when <laughs> maybe you were just starting out, but you, and you wanted to scale or you're getting to a certain point and thought, okay, this, I can't scale unless I do this or I change this. So what was um, your aha moment, JW? My aha moment was realizing that it's not about the money. It's about making people's lives better. It's about making their families' lives better. For me, it's become more about finding people that we can build 20, 30-year relationships with. And I think the only way to do that, whether it's in your personal life or in your business life, is to be open and transparent with them. Um, you know, the other big part of building lasting relationships is being fair. Um, and those, those are all things that have become hallmarks of how we do business. Okay. And do you really attribute a lot of your growth to that culture of, you know, being transparent, being fair, um, you know, I guess, how would you describe your culture? We didn't really, you know, we talked a little bit about it, but how would you describe it? And do you think that's really, you're creating raving fans who are then encouraging people to join? I really do. Um, and it's, it's funny because every, every industry has time, times when you're going to deal with nasty people that can make you question why you do what you do. And I don't get me wrong. I love what I do. But when that happens, I, I grab one of these cards. <laughs> it's not clutter. It's the reason <clears throat> that I do what I do. The stories that our partners share with me about what they've been able to do because of the way that we do business, mm -hmm. and because of the way that we treat them, that's everything. My last company did not have this kind of culture. Yeah. <laughs> my life and my family's life became better when we sold it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I love what we have here. It's, it's the reason we exist. It's, it's the reason we have what we have. Yeah. And it's such a nebulous thing, culture. Um, you know, it's, it, it's from the top down and it's, um, you know, it's sometimes it's very difficult to actually describe. Um, but if you have a clear idea of who you're serving and what they need and continue to pivot and adapt to make sure you're meeting those needs, it kind of presents itself. And, and um, it sounds like that's a lot of what you're, you're doing. So there's some basic differences for my aha moment is when I was sitting in a 10,000 square foot office, there was only three of us in there. And I was pondering the relevancy of the traditional model in today's world. And a marketing email hit my screen and it was about professional realty services. I called the number, this gentleman answered. I hit bullet point questions. I was getting bullet point answers. And while we're talking, I went on the computer to find out, well, hell, he owns the place. No wonder he knows so much about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll, I'll just say that having been around JW for more than five years, he's made me a better person just by being around him. And that's the big part of the culture. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do some things. What we hear when we talk to people that want to come on board is I can't find my managing broker. I can't get this help. It takes me days, sometimes weeks to get paid. And these are the things that we've elected to really focus on or have been focused on. We, we answer our phones. Uh, in the major markets, we have broker hotlines that rings all the managing brokers for phones at the same time. We have a virtual managing broker's office for three states. Um, and we work 
like crazy to make sure our agent partners get paid from escrow at closing. Mm-hmm. So it may sound all basic, but you know, sometimes when you do the basic things, you're separating yourself from the majority of your competition. And our partners don't work for us. We work for them. Mm-hmm. We are here to support their business and that's what they do. And, and they, they know that they can run their business the way they want to run their business. But if they need help, it's there. Mm-hmm. And they know they can get the help. And, and that's created a culture of where they're very, they feel very comfortable and safe calling us and asking for the help. It's not, it's not an interruption in our work. It's what we do. So, and, and I think that all just blends, you know, just fits into that, that giving part, but it's, it's treating, you know, just being there for them and being able to help when they need it. And, and that's a big, it's turned out as we did surveys and did a lot, prepared a lot of more, we're fellows of T360. So, you know, we've been down that, that path. Um, and, you know, it's nice to think you do that, but it's really, really encouraging when you get feedback that you really are doing that. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. the impact you are having. Yeah. So, well, anyway. I mean, um, um, Steve Murray, who founded Real Trends, he's always said if it was only about the money, agents wouldn't, um, you know, none of you would be in business because it's not always just about the money for agents either. Um, a lot of what you said, the little things that um, are really important to them, being able to get a hold of a managing broker, being able to get trained on something they want to get trained on, um, having a high standard of ethics and 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 that. So um, it's super important for sure. Well, both JW and my phone number are on the broker hotline. Yeah. And how do you scale that as you get bigger? Um, you know, what are your plans to kind of, because it gets harder and harder the bigger you get. Now you're pretty big. So um, obviously you figured out a way to do that, um, but you can't be everywhere. So, you know, the two of you. So how do you scale that as you continue to grow? Well, from my my viewpoint, Zoom, uh, COVID has certainly taught us how to communicate and be present uh, we we challenge ourselves every day on that subject as to how we connect with each of our agent partners and each of ourselves in our in our locations, and it's made it's probably why probably I mean if we wanted money we could have franchised a long time ago, but like JW said, there goes the culture and there goes the ability to deal with making sure we have like minded people that we hire. Um, and staying in constant touch with them. I'll, I'll sometimes be in the broker video or virtual office. Um, yeah. And, you know, somebody, one of our partners comes into it looking for help and they go, oh, look at all this help I have here. It's a challenge and we work at it every day. Yeah, absolutely. But it sounds like it's something that's an expectation of, of management as well. So... Um, you put that expectation on yourself and it's a priority. So it's yeah. something you're going to make a way to, to do. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As, as we grow, we, we add managing brokers as, as needed and as we can find them in this market. But um, even, even on the broker support hotline, you know, that's there's seven or eight of us on, on, on that at any given time mm-hmm. on the fourth ring, I pick it up. Yeah. And it's actually rare that that happens. Yeah. Uh, 
our our people are just incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's great. A number of our managing brokers are also licensed in other states. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of our managing brokers is Washington, uh, Oregon, and Idaho. I'm Oregon and Washington. And so it's, there's a lot of help for the designated brokers also of those markets or states that, you know, there's other people. Because there's times that we'll get three or four of us together to work our way through a situation just to make sure we're helping our partner the correct way. Yeah. And then occasionally there's the time we go, well, it's time to call in Washington. We'd call Andy Fitzsimmons, our uh, Washington Realtors uh, hotline lawyer. So mm-hmm. we, we don't stop till we get the right answer. Yeah, that's important. Let's take a quick break to talk about the real trends gathering of eagles. Hi, real estate leaders. It's Tracy Velt, editorial director of Real Trends. And I wanted to take a moment to highlight uh, two upcoming events that we have running back to back. The first one is on June 26. It's our Deal Makers Conference. And this is not just for real estate leaders who are interested in buying or selling a company. This really speaks to profitability and how to um, build a brokerage with value. We'll also talk about some trends in the merger and acquisition and brokerage valuation business. Um, Steve Murray is hosting the event and we've got some great speakers for you. Immediately following that is our annual gathering of Eagles, which will run on June 27th through the 28th. This event is for real estate leaders, association executives, um, your entire C-suite, as well as team leaders. And we've got some some great speakers and topics. We're recovering everything from mortgages entry into real estate to recruiting and evolving business models, highlighting some of the different business models that are are your competitors today. We've also are looking into improving capture rates of core services, talking about managing relationships with top teams, and we've got more. In addition, Larry Kendall is our keynote speaker. And in addition to his keynote, he's doing a special ninja workshop. It's a limited um, audience, so it's first come, first serve. So we'd love to have you register for the Gathering of Eagles. Again, it's at the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs, June 26th through the 29th. The 26th is our Dealmakers Conference. It's a separate registration from the Gathering of Eagles. You can find out everything by going to realtrends.com and clicking on the events tab. Thanks so much and hope to see you there. And now back to the podcast. Um, I want to talk about your future growth plans um, because I, I think you're in Canada too, which is the international part of your company name, correct? When we actually started, uh, geez, about three weeks before everything shut down for COVID, uh, we, uh, well, we, we were preparing to open our, our first office in the Mutual of New York building in, in uh, Mexico City. Okay. Uh, but that unfortunately is on hold like a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it'll, it'll definitely come back. Yeah. So are you in Canada now or no? 
Uh, uh, no, both putting both of those are on hold. Uh, both of them are on hold. Okay. South South Surrey, uh, uh, but but by Vancouver was was supposed to open. Well, geez, I guess about two years ago now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we, we we took a hit like everybody else, uh, mm -hmm. and we're concentrating on on our core to make sure that if something like this does come around, you know, we see something crazy crazy this fall and next winter that we're prepared for it. We have, yeah. We have a lot of families that we have to make sure that we're supporting. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, talking about taking hits, I would like to say that um, nobody had a payroll reduction and we didn't let anybody go. No. That's great. Because that's, they have to depend on what we do. I mean, they have to trust our decisions. That's yeah. what it's really all about, is mm -hmm. trust. Yeah. Did you have any states that did not um, rule real estate as essential? I was trying to think. I don't know. Did California? They did, didn't they? Denver was the first one, or, or in Colorado was was the first one that uh, that brought it back. Um, Washington was next. Uh, California was next. Um, we didn't really have a whole lot of a whole lot of issue with that. That after after the first sixty days or so, yeah, almost uh, all of our markets balanced. That's Oregon good. was pretty much follows what what Washington did. Mm -hmm. Okay. As Idaho, Idaho, Idaho's a little looser, so I shouldn't say that they. I don't know that they ever totally locked down, but yeah. Well, I'm in Florida, so we oh. did kind of lock down, but. <laughs> so, um, well, what are your expansion plans? I mean, are you really focused on agent productivity first, or are you looking at different markets? You said your kind of international expansion is a little bit on hold, but what about your domestic expansion? Well, it's it's funny because I, I'll I'll be the first one to admit that I have a hard time thinking small. Uh, not that we're small or our plans are small. I just I, I I know there are still a lot of people that we can help. Mm -hmm. uh, the key for us really is making making sure that our people don't suffer from our growing pains. Um, you know, you're always going to have a little bit, but I I don't want to do anything that would jeopardize our our partners, our clients, or our culture. Um, but moving forward, really, really the, the sky's the limit. <laughs> we have so many things in the, in, in the works right now. Um, but con concentrating on, uh, on our core areas, I think it's going to keep us busy for a long time. There's always opportunities that come up. When you say your core areas, what would that be? Uh, major markets in the six states that we're in now. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, it, even though we're in almost 160 markets, some of those markets have you know 15 people. Right, but concentrating on on our core markets, um, you know, there's almost three hundred thousand agents sitting in spread between those, which will definitely keep us busy for a while. Yeah, yeah. And it's making sure we have the right platforms to support yeah. the growth. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, so, for the smaller brokers listening to this, who are kind of at that precipice where they need to grow, whether it's their, you know, their selling real estate and need to take that leap to the next step or you know they they've built a niche brokerage that they want to grow further um you know what advice do you have or maybe a lesson learned or um you know something that that you felt like um was an opportunity or a challenge for you in making that step that's actually something i've only really become aware of in the last couple of years in the way that i view this, but mm -hmm. I, I would say 
the advice that I would have wanted would, would have been to sit, stop competing with other brokerages and stay true to your vision. I don't care about being number one. Uh, I care about making the lives of our partners and their families better. Um, you know, I want next year to be better than this year. I, I really believe that every company should learn from the things they see other companies doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are several companies that I consider to be uh, uh, worthy rivals, as Simon Sinek would put it. Uh, you know, sometimes we're ahead, sometimes they're ahead, and that's okay. Uh, I think that we do have the opportunity to learn from each other, and we benefit from having true rivals. It's what makes us better. Uh, yeah. And I think paying attention to that, whether it's someone who's been around for 100 years or someone who's been around for three, when you see someone, someone who's doing something well, pay attention. Yeah. Might be onto something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, and it's true. I think there's uh, you have to pay attention to what your competitors are doing, but you can't get obsessed with it um, and, and try to, well, they did that. We have to do that. Um, and you're right. It has to be right for your company. Yeah. And, um, you know, I did want to go back to Zavi a little bit. How Are you finding that a lot of consumers are turning to those options as power buyer options? Um, or do you find that it's a real benefit to your agents to be able to offer that to consumers? Um, obviously, you're using it, so you think there's a be- there's a benefit to it, but what are you finding out there in the market? Well, I think, I think have, having those options available to our clients, um, number one, shows them that, that we really are trying to make sure that they have every option available. Um, it's not, just like anything else, it's, it's not the perfect fit for every client. But for some clients, it's exactly what they need. It's the only thing that will work. That's why so much so much was put put into that partnership. Um, but I think that I think there's a, a lot of value with it. We are seeing more and more of our partners use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's specific times for it, but I I think it's definitely here to stay. Yeah. And are you seeing in any of your markets? I know that that everybody talks about a shift. There's a shift coming. Are you are you seeing any of that yet, or too soon. Yeah, John, you, you could probably t- talk about that a little more specific, but we're, we're seeing it in some areas, but um, nothing substantial yet. Mm-hmm. We're still seeing in, in our major markets extremely low inventory, which is impacting the ability for the transaction to happen. Um, and that's interesting because I'll just give you a real quick one. There used to be a hundred thousand dollar difference between the median sales price between Portland and Southwest Washington, and right now today it's about a twenty five thousand dollar difference. So um, there's been obviously a big shift in Southwest Washington, but both of those markets are still at about a half a month's supply. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean we don't measure it in days anymore, and and I I think it's getting to the point where people have stopped. I call it. St- not doing stupid anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, in most markets, we still have somewhere we just shake, just shake our heads and say, you know, I don't make this stuff up. How does this happen? But it's uh, still inventory is still for for what I see in our markets is still the biggest issue. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, you know, I I have talked to a couple brokers who are predicting maybe like a ten percent decline in transaction sides, but you know, volume will still be up because prices are up and they're not really going to be changing a whole lot. Um, you know, they're in different areas of the market than you, the ones that I've recently talked to. So 
just wondered what you were seeing. Um, if you're seeing anything, I think it's a little soon. It'll be interesting what, you know, what happens with interest rates and whether that has an impact or not, they're still pretty low. So yeah. um, my last question is just, what does the future hold for your firm? Oh boy. <laughs> I, am, I am more excited about the future than ever. Um, I mean, I, I, I know people don't like change, but it's one of the things that you really can count on. And we embrace that. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly evolving it, working to make things better. Um, you know, in, in the next 10 years, whether we're at, whether we have 10,000 real estate professionals who, who have joined us or a hundred thousand, what's important to me is that everything we do continues to build a solid foundation that empowers the individual person in our, in our organization to be the best version of themselves because we we really do want them to have extraordinary lives that touch the lives of those around them and whatever we have to do i'm not going anywhere um you know we've got a 20-year lease in this building we're not i'm, I'm gonna die here <laughs> <laughs> but my, my vision may not come true in my lifetime um but i'm making sure that we're surrounded by people who believe the same way that believe that serving others is always the right thing to do. Um, I think the future looks pretty awesome. Great. Don, do you have any last comments? Oh, uh, no, I just, I call it the customer cup second, which was a great book written by Rosa travel and the, the focus on being the best is a lot more important to us than being the biggest. Yeah. Now, sometimes that can happen just because, but we do believe that, you know, first we have to take care of our employees and our staff. And that goes down because an unhappy staff member doesn't take good care of it. It's pretty, pretty basic again, but you got to do it. So um, I think the future is very bright because we, it's not the business model. It's, it's the culture and really caring about people that make a difference. And, and it's, um, and the people that come over, uh, tell us that it's night and day and, and they can be themselves too. And so it's, again, it's just how you treat people. Yeah. You can definitely hear the ninja um, behind a lot of your statements. And it sounds like you already believed in that before you even started with them. So that's a, a perfect fit. Um, thanks so much for, for joining Real Trending Podcast. We, we appreciate you sharing with us and um, congratulations on being a game changer for 2022. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.